0: You're listening to Builder Funnel Radio. This is the Building a Family Business Show with Weston Brooks Powell. Let's dive in. The Powell Family construction business has been around for over 110 years. Over that time, it's evolved and been through four generations of the Powell Family. What started as a new construction business building spec homes in the Seattle area evolved to building communities, remodeling, building custom homes, and then getting involved with property management. Today, the business currently owns and operates two retirement and assisted living facilities, several apartment buildings, and does third-party property management in the Seattle area with about 750 total doors under management. Over the last several decades, Wes and Brooks have seen it all when it comes to business evolution, family dynamics in the construction industry. This is the show where I work to extract their knowledge and experiences. To help you navigate family dynamics, among other things, in your construction business. Let's dive into the show. Hey guys, did you know that 72% of client unhappiness is directly attributed to a lack of communication during projects? The team over at Buildbook has solved that problem once and for all with a tool that keeps all the conversations and decisions between you, your team, and your clients in one place. Their simple, powerful app helps you create daily logs. Schedule and manage your client tasks, keep track of selections, process change orders, and so much more. I met the Buildbook team in Vegas at IBS earlier this year where they were chosen as a finalist for the most innovative construction tool of 2020, which is saying a lot considering how many tools are actually out there. If you're looking to remove the stress from your projects, make your clients happier, and increase your profits, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. There's absolutely no risk to try it, so go ahead and hit pause and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 to take advantage of the trial and score the 45% off. This deal isn't available anywhere else, so I recommend at least trying out the software. All right, let's dive into today's show. Hey guys, welcome back to Building a Family Business here on Builder Funnel Radio. As always, I'm joined with my dad, Wes, and my uncle, Brooks. How are you guys doing today? Great.
1: Doing fantastic.
0: I'm doing good. Yeah, we're, um, we're in the midst of quite a few things going on here. So just trying to keep all the balls in the air, but it's it's fun stuff. So no complaints. And as we were kind of thinking about today's topic, we were reading this article out of HBR I think it was Harvard Business Review and it was all about work-life balance and I feel like that's been a topic over the last several years that has definitely come up more and more but especially this year I think it's extra timely and relevant but uh Figured we'd unpack this and kind of go back in time a little bit, and and I'm curious to hear from you guys if this was always a thing or if this is just a new thing that we're all talking about. But uh, I guess to to kick things off, Wes, what did you think of the the article? Um, and maybe we can set the stage with just kind of some high points from that. Sure.
1: Yeah. Well. Well, one thing that hit me. I mean, a lot of HBR articles over the years was just that this is a it's a new problem, or it's a you know they're discussing solutions to what I would consider a new problem or maybe more a newly realized issue so I think as organizations continue to develop and get better and better and better, they finally get to these kind of issues where so basically, in the article they're talking about hey you can what's better? Is it better to have flex time or night shifts, or how much autonomy does the does the employee of the corporation have in controlling what their work schedule is. And so this was just not a thing, you know, 30 years ago or 50 years ago or a hundred years ago, it was very much top down and driven by, okay, here's our work schedules. And a lot of it's because of factories, right? Because everyone had to show up at a factory and work, but there was no flexibility in people's work time. But now as work continues to become more and more, online and, and more flexible you know we can offer and have these kinds of discussions about what's the best way uh, for people to work you know which is a great discussion to have how can we get the most productivity and how can people be the happiest in their jobs and how much flexibility can we really offer to make that happen before it starts to hurt hurt productivity you know there's some balancing point there and I, the article doesn't really answer that question. Um, it did look at a couple of studies about it, but
0: yeah, I was just going to say Brooks, what did, what did you think as you're reading through it? Do, do you feel like this is a new, new problem or, or problem in quotes or however you want to frame it? Yeah. I, mean, I think
2: it would be because people can work. There's a, I mean, there's opportunities for people to work from home. I think there's a harder, it's harder for people to balance because it can be a 24 hour cycle and we're now used to a 24-hour news cycle everything's just ongoing so it, i think it's harder to shut it off because you know, it used to be you go in you punch the clock everybody works eight to four or whatever you take your your two breaks and your lunch and punch the clock and you're done And you go home and there was you know there was no cell phones no internet so you you were done for the day. I mean, that's kind of what we've seen the last seventy years. You know, prior to that, it was more agrarian, so you know there was no work-life balance. It was just work. You know? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's like, hey, you just want us to survive.
1: Yeah. Set so up and sum, until, sum down.
2: Yep. Yeah. You know, not to the New Deal, until after World War II, did we have some of these more just these discussions about you know job safety. Uh, you know what what would be something that would be fair. You know, the union, you see the union bumper sticker that says, you know, you can thank the union for the weekend, which is, you know, you used to work six days a week. And I think probably it goes to the affluence of, of our economy that we can even have an article about that or have a discussion about that, you know, that balance. Because if you're scrapping and you're trying to get your building business going, there is no work-life balance. It's just work until you get to the point where, oh, it's running well enough. We could have a discussion about about balance.
1: I just think that's generally true for all entrepreneurs, though. I mean, for business owners and entrepreneurs, it's always that, right? It's just go, go, go. I felt like the article was more focused on folks that were not in an ownership or entrepreneurial position, right? And they're, you know, so they're trying to balance out their, or or at least I think the employer is trying to figure out what's the best way to interact and engage my employees around scheduling that will work for us and work, work for them. So do I give them a swing shift? Do I let them set
2: their own schedule? You know, what do I do?
1: And I think how a
2: flexible work schedule would work if you're trying to run a factory or trying to manufacture something. well, just come in whenever, (laughs) you know, we'll just make it all, you know, that's not going to work for that situation. I mean, I think you, you read some of the articles about Amazon, you know, they're on the way on the other end of this, which is, Hey, Part-time work, but will you show up and work from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. or 10 p.m. to 2 a.m.? That's your shift. If you don't like it, move on. Right. That's how they have had to approach it, you know, to allow for the fact that you can get a package in 12 hours.
1: But, but in a way that that does provide flexibility for that employee, if that is, if that is something that works for them. So right. you're working a second job. Anything like that, you're going, okay, well, then, uh, gee, I have this opportunity. I can work, you know, like you said, 10 to 2 in the morning. It's not ideal. It's probably not, you know, great from a health perspective and some other things, but certainly, hey, it works and it meets a need right then. So there it is kind of flexible, I guess, in that sense. Of the word. Yeah,
2: that's true. Yeah, it, it may not be. It probably is, you know, if they're working two or three jobs, it's probably relatively terrible from a, you know, if you go to the higher plane of a work life balance, you're like, okay, these people are not having, they're just working.
1: Right. But to your point though, I mean, Amazon could never run. I don't know that much about Amazon's, you know, warehouse operations, but I imagine they could never run where they just had one shift, you know, from eight to five and, you know, everyone shows up and you do your thing and then you go home. It's just not a, not a thing. And even automotive manufacturing, they certainly would go to second shifts and manufacturing. That's been a a long time that they've they've done that first shift, second shift. Oh, we have to add a third shift, you know, and flex up and down. But, you know, today, a lot of the work we do, I mean, for the typical white collar job is online or it's on a computer and you can do it remotely. And so I think there's this big shift or, or separation, I think, between the types of jobs that are available to people
2: and how flexible they really are. Yeah, probably this this article comes from yeah, you know, like is it from the standpoint of these large employers about hey, how are we going and we have mostly potentially white collar work and how are we going to address the the demands or the requests of the employees to have something that's different than it used to
0: be. It's kind of interesting too because as you guys were talking, I was thinking about you know you said just the success of our economy and just kind of the the scale that we move things forward, I feel like that's probably a big factor in terms of why this has come up, because you get to a point where the standard of living across the board is is higher, and so then the the demands get higher, but it's also just a, a function of the type of work, so being online or being able to do things remote. But it's also, I was thinking about that comment you made, Wes, just that. For all entrepreneurs or a lot of business owners, you know, there it's no, it's not balance, it's just work, work, work. But it seems like there's some sense of, you know, employees wanting more flex time or increased, you know, whatever it is in that work life balance. But the other demands also go with it. It doesn't feel like it's a, you know, trade. So the entrepreneur is saying, well, hey, I had to create something from nothing build this off the ground and i traded all my time for that so just interesting i guess i'm interested to hear your take on that you know i'm trying to figure out the right the right question but for these employees like is this a good shift that we're seeing or is there something kind of underlying in the society like things are just easier than it used to be. And so we're getting a little bit soft in some areas or, or do you think it's something else entirely? Maybe I'll flip that to you first Brooks. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Un- <laughs> complicated, that one. Most yeah. complicated question of the day. Well, you know, as an expert interviewer, I try to just confuse the guests and, you know, <laughs> say, where do we want to go yeah, with this? I don't probably- know. I, I was kind of just thinking out loud because it's a really, I think there's a lot of big factors and we've just seen such rapid change in so many areas. Yeah. But anyway, go well, ahead. I,
2: I think that you're, you're, as a business owner, entrepreneur, you have to, you have to take off that hat and put on, you know, okay, well, what would my you know, I'm trying to grow the business and I, what would my employees want? What do they need? Who am I competing with for employees? And then see what, what that marketplace is like. So you can, you know talk through your network and say, hey, what are you having to do with your employees? Or what you know when you could read articles about what what the opportunities for where people can go and, and work. And then you have to adapt to that. It's part of adapting to the to the market, whether you're adapting to the in you know, the spec home market or your competitors in renovations, you're competing for employees and what do they what do they need? Uh, and what can they get somewhere else? And that really drives if it's you know we during the recession 809 we could hire anybody because there was, you know, you didn't have to have great perks or benefits or anything, you know, you'd be okay. But in 15, 16, when there's just no trades, people, you know, you're going to do all sorts of different things to try to, you know, so that's, that's the comp, the competition of the employment market. So it's, you know, what do you want to do to keep people? What do you need, what do you need to do to get people? And that'll kind of drive, what you have to do. It might be a little or it might be a lot.
1: I think the employee today, well everyone has agency. So you can you can pick up and go, you know, you can vote with your feet. And so I think that's a very powerful thing and that's it's really a good thing I think in a marketplace because it keeps everybody on the straight and narrow and so as a business owner, you are competing for other you're competing for employees and they are also looking, you know, so they're looking for the best situation for them. Obviously we're all self-interested and you're looking for the best situation for you. And so that you're looking for that happy medium. It's just, no one gets to call all the shots today. Uh, I don't think, and especially with the gig economy where you can you can do a lot of different things to cobble together a career, things that you like to do. Um, that just wasn't available. 20 years ago, even I don't don't feel.
2: And when companies have gone away from pensions and any kind of any kind of security, you know, employees, you could and can and should be like, hey, well, what's going to be the best thing for my career over my over my lifetime? And and if you don't have anything as a company to offer them, we talked in another episode about phantom stock or you know stock ownership or things like that. You know, people aren't going to leave over money, but it'll be one of the things they think about, you know, so you have to think about what are the other things that are good to make it a good place to work.
1: Yeah. Is the money right? Is, uh, are my fellow employees, right? Do I enjoy working with them? And then does this work within my particular life, you know, my lifestyle and there's so many different family structures today. And, and, and because typically You know, if if there's a family unit of, you know, two parents or two people cohabitating and they're probably both working, so they have to work around both schedules. And so, you know, this kind of very traditional thing that that didn't last for that long, you know, just kind of happened in the 50s and 60s, didn't even, it really didn't even exist before that, you know, it didn't exist in World War II and prior but it, you know, it just existed enough in a period of time where the United States was dominant as an economy because after World War II, there really were no other economies that were functioning in the world to, to speak of, and so we were able to create a situation where typically a family could survive on one breadwinner, and you know, the spouse could stay home and raise kids and all of that. So, but that just
2: that was like a twenty. Like a little clip, yeah. You know, it's just a it was more more memorialized just by you know television, right? Yeah, and, and things yeah. like that. So I think
1: lots of times though, people either they look at that and they go, "Oh, I like that," or "No, I didn't like that." But really, it's such a small little thing that that happened, but it did. It had a huge impact on our culture, I guess, as to oh, is that the you know the best thing? And it is. I mean, it isn't. Everyone, you know, every every family is different. Everyone's going to handle supplying their needs differently.
2: Yeah, I think as an employer, you have to recognize what's going on in the marketplace and what's going on in society. And well, how can I best meet that and still meet the, the needs of the company and still, you know, hit my numbers? And, you know, it's like, well, are you, are, you, are you a big enough company that you have to have on-site daycare people have to be on-site? You know, that's one of those things that you know people ask that question. Or, uh, you know, Do you have to provide technology at home for everybody? I mean, I can imagine where there's a time where companies say, hey, we have all, everybody works from home, and so we pay for everybody's internet just the cost of doing it. You know, it's like, hey, we need everybody to have high-speed internet or something. So you can see things like that happening. Yeah, I think it's, it's
1: uh, more challenging, you know, since for um, remodelers, I mean, it's for any industry, but, you know, specifically remodeling, the building industry, where you actually, you know, you have to, in remodeling, you're going into somebody else's home. Right. And so that that is going to, because of the product and service that you're offering, it has to fit within what your customer wants. And so lots of times your customer will end up driving what's going to work for your structure and your company, I think. So. Very much so in remodeling. So okay, we're only going to show up between eight and five, and so you, your folks got to be able to to work in that time frame. And weekends probably aren't going to work, you know, for most families to have somebody in their house. But I must say, we just went through a remodel uh, not that long ago, and and the request oftentimes was, "Hey, you okay with this particular trade or someone being there on a Saturday or even a Sunday?" And, you know, we can work out, sure, if that works for us, and we can flex around that. I I think that ultimately your product is going to have a huge impact on what kind of flexibility that you can offer to the folks at your company. So, Brooks, as you
0: think back to maybe the early innings of your career and, and running the business, what did that shift look like in terms of You mentioned during the Great Recession, like you could just hire anybody, but then as things got more competitive, I'm sure you had to adjust that. I'm curious to learn about that cycle of, you know, going from maybe no flexibility to more flexibility or maybe just more perks.
2: I think it was more perks. I mean, I think that during the, I mean, early on in the uh, early 80s, there were more tradespeople people than there are today. And that's one of our bigger challenges in the industry today is just not enough tradespeople, people. And, you know, we spent a lot of time working on that on training and what do you have to do? I mean, it, it may be in this, in this current industry where there's no tradespeople, people, or if you, you know, you may have to have a training program that you get together with other remodelers and put together and, and come up with a way to, to train trades people. But there, yeah, the, the perks in the big, in the, you know, during the Great Recession, we're, you know, hey, we've got a job. And we was very low, we didn't have a ton of stuff. We had a job. You in our case, we had healthcare and we had a 401k and we had vacation. You know, but our vacation policy was I think two weeks a year. And you know, you compare that with what some of the vacation policies of big companies are today, you know, that's just very little. You know, a lot of people have three weeks, four weeks. Especially if you're, if you're, you know, in our industry, we're not going to be competing with tech companies so much, which have, you know, all these perks. Although you will get requests for that because people hear about it and they're like, and they're so, hey, does this work in the construction industry? And the construction industry, I think, is still pretty, I mean, kind of set in its ways, you know, a little slow to adapt. So we don't necessarily have to, you know, if we're competing with another remodeler for an employee, what we have to offer is not, you know, what a tech company would offer. But, you know, back in the day, back in the 60s, you know, there was no health care, very little vacation. You know, there was no paid holidays. If it was the 4th of July, you just didn't get paid. You know, so very much, you know, grounded in, if you showed up, you got paid. So we're, I think we still park back to that a little bit in the construction industry. But as things got better, we just, mostly our, our programs were pretty good as far as our 401k and health care. So the rate of pay just went up. And that's how we can. That's how we ended up competing, just over pay rates.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it seems like anytime you guys mentioned it, if you have a factory or you have to physically be some somewhere to do the work, and especially if you're working together with other people, you kind of have to have some set schedules. And, oh, absolutely. You know, it just yeah. otherwise it just doesn't work. And so, yeah, I, I think you're right. Though we do tend to kind of a little bit try or think about competing with some of these tech perks because that's the stuff that hits all the headlines in the article like oh cool to work at google because they have all this you know stuff or you know free things and you're going, okay but like google's big and they employ a lot of people but there's a lot more you know going on around the country and not everyone can you know supply that And
2: most so, of them can you know 90 yeah. probably 99 of the companies are like well, that's great for Google, but you know their cost of product is one percent, and our cost of product is you know sixty percent. So we have a lot less to work with, and so that's the space that we're in. And yeah, we physically have to be in people's houses, or we have to be on the job to build houses, and so we don't have some of that flexibility. So it, it may come down to just being empathetic and try, hey, we understand, you know, what the struggles are, and we're trying to help with that, and. If someone does need a sick day or a personal day, you know, it's just being cognizant of that. Whereas 30 years ago, it'd be like, oh, you're fired. <laughs> you need a day off? Yeah, well, just you're fired. You know? Get out <laughs> <Yeah>. of here. You <laughs> get out of here. Pretty extreme. Yeah, it was, but it, it was. I mean, you just had to show up. If you didn't show up, we just find somebody else.
0: Well, now, if you show up sick, people are like, get out of here, you know, so it's intr- yeah, it's absolutely. totally reverse. You yeah, know, everyone works. says get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. So so let's maybe flip the discussion a little bit. I'm curious, Wes, to hear your take. Let's flip to the business owner, entrepreneur, and how, you know, you guys thought about work-life balance for yourselves, and then maybe how how that's changed over time. I guess, did you did you think about that, or was it just I'm just doing whatever whatever I need
1: to do?
2: Well, to be totally honest, uh, it would be yeah the, the
1: the latter, correct. So there was that phrase didn't even exist. You know, work life balance. People go what is work life balance? And I don't even heard. I would I'll,
2: I'll Google it it right now and find yeah out
1: <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to but Urban I, Dictionary. Yeah, you know, we. we Brooks and I came just because of our particular age and when we got into the work environment, it, uh, we were kind of the tail end of that 50s, 60s mindset, which was okay. It's a nuclear family. You've got, you know, a husband who goes to work and a wife who stays home and you've got kids and, you know, that sort of thing. And so the expectation was, Hey, you go to work and, you know, you just work and and being an entrepreneur as well. There's that whole extra level. So, you know, Brooks was saying, "Hey, you just go," and so that's pretty much what we did. Or, you know, we just uh, worked lots and lots of hours and worked weekends and and I would have to say that probably was not the right approach, right? I don't. In looking back at it, you know, you accomplished a lot of things by. Doing that, but you miss a lot of things by doing that as well. And so I think it's a great discussion now or, or that the phrase even exists, work life balance yeah. and, and even people thinking about it because you just didn't think about it. You just, Hey, I'm going. I'm working. Um, I have to work a lot. And of course, a little bit is our family structure. We, we came out of a family that that was, that was the style, which is, you know, our, our parents, you know, your grandparents, Spence, they just worked all the time. Yeah. So, Worked weekends, worked, 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 and you just work. And that so that was what, that was the modeling that we had. And we're like, okay, and that's what we do too. And we work, 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 work. And I really never even thought about the idea of taking a vacation. That was a very foreign concept of, because I had friends, you know, they'd take vacations or they, you know, they maybe take crazy. That, <laughs> that prototypical driving trip to the great Southwest or something, you know, pulling a camper or something. And that, you know, that's that a, yeah, it was it just is. not something I... I and uh so we didn't take vacations well i think I
2: can't count three vacations that we took as kids that i can remember yeah Uh, yeah right Right. it's not in our yeah not in kind of our lexicon of oh yeah you take vacations and you know our dad he works seven days a week
0: If you've followed Builder Funnel for even a little bit, you know we're huge believers in the inbound marketing methodology. One of the most important phases is the client delight phase. By delighting customers, you turn them into promoters of your business and your brand. The only way to get people to go out of their way to sing your praises is to wow them throughout the process. This is something the guys over at Billbook are helping you do. Better communication leads to better outcomes. And that means communication at every level. Daily logs, client selections, punch lists, and change orders. Today, that communication gets super fragmented between email, text, and phone calls. And inevitably, things fall through the cracks. With BuildBook, everything funnels through one simple app, keeping everyone on the same page and your clients filled with delight. No more digging through texts or random emails looking for client approvals. Just one place to see everything going on with a project. And as a reminder, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 for a free trial of the software, plus 45% off the first year. All right, let's get back to the show.
2: Our whole, you know, whole growing up, Just that's what he did. So he never, he never was around period. Yeah. And he, I mean, if we could get him on the show and ask him the question, he <laughs> tried to say, Hey, that's what I needed to do. I had five kids. Sure. I needed, and, and you asked him that today. He just say, Hey, I just had five kids. I needed to make money. And that's what he did. And that, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate uh, that absolutely,
1: You know, yeah. and you do what you have to do at, at the time. But I think lots of it sometimes just as we're talking about, you don't, you don't know what's possible or you don't know a different way to do things. And so I think that's where having a conversation is helpful. So, you know, looking back, of course, I think, yeah, I would do things differently. I mean, I, you know, definitely made it to all the basketball games and, you know, kids' sports and those types of things. And but I probably didn't need to work as much as I did. And I probably could have been more present, you know, when I wasn't at work. And I think that's the key thing. You know, I whatever you're doing, be present in the thing that you're doing, yeah, which is very difficult not to be either in the past or in the future, you know, just be present in what you're doing. If you're with your kids, be present with your kids, with your spouse, be present with your spouse. If you're at work, don't be thinking about things, you know, be totally focused on work. And I think life becomes a little bit easier that way and you get more out of it. I think.
2: You'll definitely get more out of it. You know, there's, I think the, yeah, so maybe the yeah you know, the message you know today is you know think about it, just think about what you're doing, you know, and just and have a conversation with the, whoever your partner is or whoever you're interacting with, and you know, hey, does this seem reasonable or you know, is this the right answer? And I, and I think it's super challenging when you're just scrapping, just trying to make a living and trying to put some stuff together and maybe build your net worth, and you're like you just. You're like, yeah, that sounds great, but, you know, I need to do this to, to make it work. So I think you have to just ask that question.
1: Yeah, just ask yourself what the trade-offs are, because you, I think, as uh, Brooks's wife, Heather, likes to say, you can have everything you want some of the time and some of the things you want all of the time, but you can't have everything you want all of the time. And all, that's always uh, resonated with me, and I, and I think that's that's true because people will be out there that are telling you that you can have everything you want all of the time. And it's just not true. And no. so, so that's why you just have to be more mindful and focused on what is important to you and what are the things that, that you want to accomplish. And so, yeah, I, I think if you have a family though, you know, if you don't have a family, then you can certainly devote tons of time to work. And that can be, you know, kind of where you're getting your fulfillment. If you do have a family, that family time is pretty short, which you don't realize if you're in the midst of your family time, but it's, you know, 20, 25 years or so, you know, while your kids are around, that's pretty short in your overall span of life, which is now 80 plus years, uh, maybe 90 or even 100. So, you know, trying to value
2: that time with your family. Well, I think, and that's I even shorten it down, Wes, I would say, you know, by the time your kids are yeah, yeah, kids, by the time they're 13, 14, 15, they're like, you know, hey, mom or dad, you know, I'm checking your, you guys are done. I'm, I'm on my way. And, and you'll have, you'll get to interact with them, but their level of interest, you know, drops precipitously as they get older. And, you know, sure. If you're lucky enough, your kids are around, you know, in their twenties, that's, you know, their interest level in you as a parent, you know, is about zero.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. and so then you're interacting as adults. So this, your window, as you say, 20, 25 years, I would even say it's even, yeah, I think shorter. you're right. It's mm-hmm. by the time you're, if you have, if you have kids, they get to be teenagers. They're just, you know, doing their thing.
1: But the challenge is typically when you have kids, that's the same time frame when usually you have the highest pressures around work, yeah. Because you are just getting things going, or you're hitting that growth spurt in your company, you know. So you're starting to grow. Let's say you know your remodeling company's really taking off, and and you're really you know you're adding people and all of all that stuff's going on. And oh, and you've got you know two kids that are six and eight or or something like that, and so that's their busy time. And it's your opportunity to interact with them and mold them as little human beings to come out, come out the right way, and you know, come out to be productive uh, members of society. And but at the same time, you're got all these pressures at work too. So,
2: yeah, there's a, a funny story. The back in the '90s, we were, you know, West, We were framing, we were building houses, and we were framing decks on the weekend to make more, yeah. and make extra money. And so we would leave at you know five thirty in the morning on a Saturday and a Sunday, and we'd go as soon as we could start working at the job. You know, you'd roll out, and I think we could start at seven a.m. for sound. the right, yeah, right, right. Hey, good morning, neighbors. Seven a.m. Here we go. And we'd work till ten or eleven, get you know, bang out a few decks, and we'd go home. And so you get home by eleven or twelve, you know, by noon. And our daughter Amanda was probably two or three and uh she i came home one saturday and and amanda asked heather she said well where does dad live (laughs) (laughs) so how's that for a little wake-up call because we you know i put her to bed you know put her to bed she'd never see me sleep she and i always even on the weekdays i was up at you know 4 30 and out the door so she'd never see me go to bed or get out of bed. So all she would see is me come home. And then, so in her mind, she's like, well, yeah, he's here for dinner or whatever. But then he comes back, you know, on a Saturday or a Sunday at noon. So I wonder where he lives. <laughs> <laughs> so so I've, never, I've never forgotten that. Uh, I'm sure you haven't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I did, you know, didn't necessarily you know, we still had to build decks so we needed money, but, you know, worked harder because of that. And that's always stuck with me. It's like, okay, you know, you got to look at it through your, if you have kids, look at it through your kids. Eyes. Or if you have, if you don't have kids, but you have other people you interact with that are, you know, family members or friends and family, like, you know, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. And if you don't have, if you're always like, like too busy, then,
1: yeah. yeah, it's pretty tough, you know, 20 years later to wake up and go, oh, well, okay. Well, now I'm going to start building those relationships, yeah. you know, that I ignored for 20 years because I was very, very important and very, very busy yeah. and, um, and everything revolves around me. So if you, you know, if you're listening to this and you feel that way and it's just kind of this whirlwind around your head, you know, <laughs> maybe try to get out of that a little bit and have some thought about that and, and just consider where you are in your life life cycle and what's going on. And yeah, whether, and whether maybe, and maybe it's fine and maybe, yeah, you, yeah but maybe you want to reallocate some of your mental and physical resources in some different directions. Yeah, that's it. I think Bricks was saying it before. Just think about it. And if you need to see if there's some changes you can make.
2: Yeah. You don't want to live a life of regret. So it's just thinking about it, you know, and maybe like, you know, this works fine. And I'm happy doing what I'm doing. But it's just thinking about it and going, yeah, okay, it works, or no, I like to make some changes, or it really doesn't work, and I've got to make a lot of changes.
0: Yeah, I feel like this concept has come up on many of our discussions, but I love the the idea of just intention. You know, with whatever you're doing, whether it's transitioning the business or leading your team or thinking about work and you know personal life and how you you know balance those two. It seems like you guys have an opinion or you have a take or you did something and you changed it but it always comes back to just think about it for your own self and decide and, and if you've made a active decision then most likely you can live with the results and you won't have that regret because you said hey i thought about it i made the best decision at the time and
1: that's what i chose so yeah, that's i think if of, you can step out of yourself every so often that that's super helpful And, uh, and especially if you do have kids and they're getting older and you can have those conversations, then, then you can have conversations even like this, like, oh, okay, well, you know, life is pretty long or could be, hopefully it is. And, (laughs) uh, and, you know, but kind of, how do you see that going or how do you want to structure it? You, of course you want all the, the joy and benefit of, of cool things happening that you don't expect and you're not planning for. And, you know, that's what makes life really cool. But on the other hand, as you said, Spencer, the idea of intention and actually thinking about, okay, this is the work portion of my life. This is my home portion. They can be mixed, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, and, and most entrepreneurs do mix them. But how does that mix work and how does it look like? What impact does it have on your on your family and loved ones? And um, yeah, just think about it.
0: Yeah. And there's a there's another term too that I've, heard come up in the last I don't know maybe year or so but instead of work-life balance it's work-life integration you know and I think in thinking about yeah I know you guys are <laughs> laughing you're going what the heck
2: employers <laughs> oh, uh, to get more work out of you that's what that is. <laughs> that's like let's work from home and let's make sure you're picking your email 24 <laughs> 7 exactly We'll have that phone tied to your hip yeah
0: yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm curious to, to maybe expand on that a little bit because I, I, where I first heard about it was kind of a solo entrepreneur that doesn't necessarily have a team and employees. And he was talking about it for himself, sure. you know, thinking, hey, I'm I'm dropping the kids off at this activity and then, or I'm waiting to pick them up. So I'm in my car and so I'm going, okay, I have 15 minutes how can I maximize this time or yes, but I think there is probably that flip side of what you mentioned, Brooks, which is just, Hey, have your phone on all the time. So yeah, I guess, Brooks, why don't you, why don't you jump but in? The with,
2: integra- I think definitely if you're a sole entrepreneur and you're are not work you're just working for you, you're working for yourself and you have total autonomy. I think that you, you can do that because you're in charge of that. But if you're an employee and you're getting whipsawed around by, the various schedules of the fact that, you know, you work with 10 other people and some people like to work in the morning and some people like to work in the afternoon and some people like to work at midnight and you're supposed to respond, you know, and some of those people are your bosses. That's not integration. That's just miserable. Yeah. So so I think the, the idea, yeah, I don't know. That's the work life balance term, you know, I, you know, balance is so hard to ever achieve. So does it ever really, you know, ever really happen? And integration to me sounds like it would just be you doing more work <laughs> as an employee. I just can't see Cause you just have to I, be mean, I think that's right, Brooke. So I, I, so since
1: probably most of our audience are remodelers and, and folks that have their own remodeling businesses, I think as an employer, you have to communicate with your employees as to what, what the guidelines are and what the, the guardrails are. So, such as, Hey, if I send you an email over the weekend, I don't want you to check that email. (laughs) You know, I don't want you, you know, responding and because otherwise, because since you're in a power position, which is they're going, Oh, my boss sent me an email in the evening or, you know, whatever off hours, maybe it's kind of off hours um, or texted me or something like that. I better respond because it's the boss.
2: Yeah, and Let's uh, stay, it's good point. Let's up expectations
1: yeah. as a business. Yeah, so so if you That's if you're not to the boss, you'll you'll definitely, or as an owner, you'll you'll lay that out so they can go, so they can feel comfortable and relax into the job, and know that you are not going to whipsaw them all around, as Brooks said.
2: Yeah, um, we had some we had some situations where you know people needed to be on call because of construction sure. and, and remodeling, and there might be rain event or we had issues, so. We, we worked pretty hard to be okay. You know, one guy's on call, you know, on the weekend. And then we rotated it and we, you know, we had, you know, 10 guys. So everybody was on call one weekend and we worked it out for a schedule. So that weekend you needed to be in town. You didn't get paid for it. Uh, you get paid if you rolled out, but you were on call. And then that's sort the of person you could do a board up or something like that. And, um, and that worked really well from the standpoint that um, you could get. They knew what the expectation was, which is, you know, nine week nine weekends out of 10, you know, you can go home and don't have to worry about a thing. Don't need to check your phone, anything. But that one weekend you're on, keep your phone on you. Just be in town, you know, within 30 minutes. And uh, we'll call you if we need to. And then Todd and I, as owners, took the calls. To start with, so we took the, you know, we were on the 24-7, but that's for the business owners, you know, so we're deriving the ultimate benefit. You can do other things for us too, which is like, you can set up the expectation if you're using email or things like that. Uh, you know, don't worry about it till Monday morning if that's the situation, you know, or as an employer or as a boss, you can set it up where, hey, I'll just, I, yeah, I'm working over the weekend or whenever I'm working and, and those emails are just going to be auto- set out, you know, at 7am on Monday. So you can work diligently away sure. and not fear, feel like, Oh shoot, I'm going to be, you know, jacking somebody up on a Saturday, you know, just because you're in the zone and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm working.
1: I think one of the things that's a good point, Brooks. And I, I think one of the challenges today with technology is that we, that most people are running both their personal life and their work life through the same devices Absolutely. And so yeah. that that's a problem. Yep. And so I think as an employer, if you can swing it, it's good. It's a little bit pain. A little bit of a pain, but provide a separate phone, for instance, separate, we also separate phone. You know, yep. for for the employee, so employee can turn that phone off on the weekend and know that all their personal stuff will run through their own phone, and they're just not going to because it's pretty hard to ignore.
2: <laughs> if you see emails it's flowing through, possible, you know
1: right? you get a, an email from your aunt, and then you get one from your boss, and then you get one from. Well, you, know, husband, you, you know so that's really hard.
2: Yeah, another trick you could do, Wes, and I've seen uh, people do this is that you know on the week, you know on Friday night at five o'clock, you just turn off your work email. You can just shut it off. So if you sure. can't afford two devices, but you could let the set the expectation for your employees, like, hey, if you're not on call, we expect you to turn off your your work email on five o'clock on Friday and flip it back on on your way in on, on Monday morning. You know, so I think as business owners, again, we've talked about it before you, you're going to have to work to decide what you think the right work life balance is for your employees. And, you know, you may say, Hey, there is no work life balance, just work. That's what I expect. Or you can go the other way, which is, you know, there's more of a, a balance.
1: But if you're clear about it and communicate that upfront in the hiring process, this is what our culture is like, this is what our environment is like, then you will find that you attract the employees that fit with your situation. You know, if you've got someone who's super hard charging and, you know, hasn't started a family yet, then they just, they like to go, go, go. And, you know, then that may fit very well with your environment and versus, you know, someone who's got a family and wants more of that separation And maybe that works
2: for you. It is interesting, you know, being here in Seattle, you know, obviously we're home of Amazon. Lots of people work for Amazon. And when people are changing jobs, they're interviewing with Amazon. The big question people have as they're thinking about taking that job is, okay, is there going to be any work-life balance? You know, typically the answer is no. I mean, it's Amazon. It's just go, go, go you know, it's 80 hour weeks. There's no, if you're in the, you know, more in the white collar jobs, you're not working in the warehouse. It's yeah. It's like, yep. You just sign up, you'll make great money, but all you're going to do is work.
1: Right. And that was true with Microsoft and, you
2: mm-hmm. know, yeah. uh, Early on. back in the day and yeah
1: you, you slept at the office. You just slept on the floor. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: it, yeah. And I yeah. think, you know, the work life integration thing re- reminds me of more, the, not the the guys out in the field, but maybe your office staff that are now working at home, but they maybe have kids yeah. that are at home trying to do online school. And, and so that is where I think it gets really tricky because you do want to set those boundaries so that people don't burn out and get fried. But there's also that, you know, there's time being sucked away, you know, so the eight to five, you're going, well, yeah, but they're making sure their kids are online or they're having to run to an appointment or, you know, do different things. And so it's a weird blend of trying to figure out what that balance is or the integration is, or, you know, what, where is that?
2: Yeah. I think it makes it in in a way it's, it, it makes for, for those of us that can, you know, are in the trades and they actually go to the job site and work all day wait, that's all of a sudden become easier. It's like, totally
1: Yeah. I think if you're in the office, you if we can if you could move more to a task-oriented thing. So here are the tasks that have to be accomplished this week right. or this day or over the next Outputs. two days. And yeah. then it's output based. And then then the employee who is at home can flex that around to make that work with their, their family situation. And you know, so if they have is- to do it at 10 o'clock at night after the kids went to bed. And that's what they want to do, and that works for them. It's better than saying, well, no, you need it to be live from 8 to 5, and even though that, that didn't work very
2: well. Yeah, and it's challenging for employers to, to try to think about output. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, get to work, do your thing, whatever your thing is. And that's some employers, that's all they do. They're like, yeah, well, you're in accounting. Just get it, get it done, whatever it is. You And now I have to sit down and say, okay, what are the outputs we're expecting from these? these jobs, these
0: positions. Yeah, and you have to define it for every role, you know, because some roles, if it's customer service, you might need to be live during certain hours. But if it's something else like accounting or some function like that, maybe you don't need to be live at certain times, you just need to get certain outputs done by certain, you know, days or dates. And so yeah, it doesn't matter if it's
1: eight to five or five to midnight or whatever. Everybody, accounting's probably be one of the easiest ones to do oh, yeah, that yeah. way because it's very much, I need my statements on this date. I mean, bills need to be paid by here yeah. and so on and so forth. And I don't care when you do those things, as long as you meet those
2: dates. Like you so, mean, you know, you, you, I think in, as we have a responsibility as employers to help provide a good framework and a framework, a safe framework where you can support whatever needs to happen for your your employees, your business, what's going on in the industry? Instead of kind of just throwing your hands up and going, "Oh well, it's a big mess."
0: Yeah. Well, Wes, as we kind of wrap up this discussion, you know, on work life balance or work life integration or whatever term you want to throw out, I guess it brings some challenges with it. Uh, we're all facing them, but I think also some opportunity. I guess. What would you say to everybody listening um, as kind of final thoughts on on this topic?
1: Well, I think uh, we touched on earlier, which is just be intentional. You know, spend some time thinking about how you want it to work and what would be the best outcome. And if you do that, if you spend a little bit of time doing that every once in a while, I think you'll be a lot better than, than just kind of living, you know, I'm, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, um, and not thinking about the ramifications of that. So just be intentional, take a little time out to, to, to think about it.
0: Yeah. Good point. How about you, Brooks? Any would, final yeah, word?
2: Wes, yeah, I would agree with, oh, I have so many final
0: words. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Say uh, them all.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I would agree with Wes. I also, it just brings up that good point, which is being an entrepreneur, owning your own business, tough, tough work. And you, you just need to think about it and, and think about what you're doing and you know take five ten minutes be calm and say okay well is this how the way i want to do it versus you know running around with your hair on fire and go well I'm, I'm getting pushed around by all these other things take control figure it out sit down yeah you know, like Wes said be intentional yeah we
1: always had to get out the fire extinguisher for brooks
2: oh <laughs> yeah i'm on fire all the time yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> always a good thing,
0: you know. Yeah. <laughs> Could be either, right? <laughs> cool. Well, thanks, guys, and uh, and thanks, everybody listening. Hopefully, hopefully, this helps. I think this is going to be something that we're going to continue to have to find innovative ways to work through and think about. And I think what what you guys talked about just being intentional and thinking about your competition. What are they offering? How can you compete with that? being empathetic to your employees and understanding situations, but also setting the the boundaries and making sure that the outputs that you need done are getting done for what you're hiring people to do. So as always, we appreciate you guys listening and we'll see you next week here on building a family business on builder funnel radio.